0: Holding myself to a higher standard than anybody else does each single day. So, if you're struggling to find your passion, I would say stop looking. Everything we think we know about passion is complete bullshit. This is what I learned over the past year as I interviewed 70 people on the topic of finding your passion. So if you're considering following your passion, in this video I will break down three myths that you should be aware of. But just before I do that, in case you're new here, my name's Ryan and on this channel I talk about all the struggles we go through in our 20s and give you ways to solve them. And just in case you resonate with that, please consider smashing the subscribe button. It honestly helps more than you know. And with that being said, let's dive into myth one. One of my biggest realizations this year is how much the word passion is just misunderstood. Just like with the word purpose, passion has been severely pulled out of context. And just in case you didn't know, the word passion originally comes from the word pati, which means to suffer. The sheer description of that word alone shows how much we've gotten off track with what we think passion is. Because I don't know about you, but when I started, I thought passion meant sunshine and rainbows. But over the course of this year, I've realized that passion actually makes you suffer just extremely hard work with hopefully a very fulfilling payoff at the end of it. And for me, this looked in a more practical sense, like sleepless nights, less family and friend time, sacrificing nights out socializing in order to work on this channel. So much so that my girlfriend and I actually ended up moving to Munich in with her mom in order to save on costs such as rent, but also to get out of the social setting that I was originally in because it would constantly distract me from what I was trying to achieve here. And I find it important to break this myth particularly because I realized over the past year that people quickly say they are passionate about something when in reality they only mean they enjoy it. One of the most frequent examples I heard is that I am passionate for football. In reality when you would ask further what they actually meant was they enjoy playing football with friends or watching the sport and usually they enjoyed playing the third half. But actually being passionate for football as in willing to suffer in order to get to the top of their game in football is not what they meant. And I find it important to clarify this distinction because I honestly believe that if you're chasing things which you have convinced yourself you're passionate about, when in reality you only enjoy them, on the long run you will most likely fail and as a result you will probably increase your self-doubt and question your own abilities. But it's important to note that the problem is not you, It's just a lack of clarity on the things you truly care about. If you want to figure out which things you truly care about, I have another video on that and I'll link to it here. If you're anything like me, entrepreneurship and being a creator has given me the life of freedom that I have so long looked for. But in order to allow me to continue doing that, I have to keep my paperwork in order, meaning that invoices have to be sent, my taxes have to be done, all receipts should be saved in the same place. And this was something that frustrated me for years until I found Moneybird. And luckily, they have decided to sponsor the Core Life Crisis podcast. So if you're like me and you're looking for one tool where you can send your invoices, send invoice reminders, store all your contacts, store your receipts, figure out how you should do your taxes, and you're a creator or entrepreneur in the Netherlands, then Moneybird is the tool for you. It has saved me so much time and hassle, and I can strongly recommend. So with that, thanks for listening, and let's get back into today's show. And now let's get on with myth two. You must monetize all of your passions. One of my most eye-opening moments came during my conversation with Lior Steinberg on the topic of monetizing your passion. And he said the following. Do you have any advice for anybody who's trying to figure out what path is right? What makes most sense for me to
1: follow? I'm going to give an advice that I wish I will also follow. But I think that uh, for me, I think it's a bit ridiculous to think that all our passions should become our work, or that we need to find a perfect work that is our perfect passion. So if you have all those passions, which sound actually really awesome, farming, baking, but also urbanism and, uh, and computers and marketing, choose one or two that you can combine. For instance, marketing far- farmers in Friesland, this can be a cool combination. And for the rest, why not just make it a hobby? Why everything should become a work? If we like baking, sometimes it's even nicer to just bake every week to our friends and not turn it into a business. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like making hummus. It's definitely not good enough to open a hummus <laughs> restaurant. So yeah. Why, of course, I could sit all day long and think about plans to open a restaurant and try to to do it and hire stuff and get into depth and get bad reviews or I can just invite my friends once a month for a a plate of hummus and uh, try to enjoy it. So I think it's also something for our generation that we we really think that we need to live all our dreams and definitely make them work because that's the only way that work will be meaningful.
0: I found his advice brilliant and eye-opening for two reasons. The first was a realization that Just the hobby seems to have become extinct. Many people, including myself, have come so accustomed to this Western way of thinking, of needing to monetize everything we do, that we actually end up giving up something we enjoy doing if there's no monetary fund in for all and it made me realize that I am both an American and a Mexican both at the same time. Let me explain. An American investment banker was standing at the pier of a Mexican village when a small boat with just one fisherman on board docked. Inside the boat were several large yellow fin tuna. The American complimented the Mexican on the quality of his fish and asked him how long it took to catch them. The Mexican replied only a little while. After which the American asked him, well, why didn't you stay out and catch more fish? The Mexican responded to that with, well, I had enough to support my family's needs. The American then asked, but what do you do with the rest of your time? The Mexican fisherman said, I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children, take siestas. I stroll in the village each evening, play a little guitar and sip a little wine. I have a full and busy life. To which the American responded with, I'm a Harvard MBA and I could help you. You could spend more time fishing, With those proceeds, buy a bigger boat, hire employees, eventually leaving this small village, moving to the States where you could open up a larger enterprise. The Mexican interrupted the American and asked him, but how long will this take? Approximately 15 to 20 years. But what then? The American laughed, that's the best part. When the time is right, you would sell your company, IPO and make millions of dollars. Millions? Then what? Asked the Mexican. The American responded with, well, then you could do whatever you want. To which the Me- Mexican closed with, well what I want to do is sleep late, fish a little, play with my kids, take siestas with my m- wife, stroll into the village, sip a little wine and play a little guitar. The interesting thing about constantly demanding more is that it actually decreases our general enjoyment of life. For example, when you are conducting a hobby, it's scientifically proven that when you are doing a hobby and you end up earning monetary results for that hobby, your motivation to do said hobby decreases exponentially. It begs the question if we should in fact protect our passions and keep them away from monetization as long as possible. And outside of that, Lear's advice was also brilliant for second reason because i don't know about you but one of the main struggles i had at the beginning of last year was trying to figure out which of all the paths that were possible in my life were right for me and lear's advice spoke to me about figuring out of all the passions that i have which do i enjoy the most and which of those passions can i combine what this allowed me to do was figure out ways that i could take the best of both worlds in some situations and on top of create something which was completely unique from the majority. So if you listen to Lear's advice and you take two passions that you have and you find out a unique way to combine them, you've probably given yourself a secret recipe to standing out from the crowd. Therefore, if you're struggling to figure out which passion is right for you, maybe the answer lies in combining a unique set of passions in order to create a completely new and unwalked path. But then finally, myth three, passion comes to you. The last myth about passion that in my opinion needs to be completely crushed is the thought that passion comes to you. During my conversation with one of my closest friends, I truly understood the difficulty that most people have when they are trying to find a passion, but nothing seems to come to them. He said the
2: following. After you're done with the the main education, like for instance, Abitur, Fachabitur, after that, into an apprenticeship or into um, internships and then into studies, you should have figured it out. At least that's what the culture tells you to do. But when you've either never really thought about it or it never really clicked entirely, then then that's a huge problem because that's something that not that many people are talking about. Mm-hmm. And and it was always the case that I liked certain parts of the things that I did, but not not the entire thing. At least not I didn't love it as much that I would say, okay, I love like eighty percent and the last twenty the last twenty uh, well, that's fine if, if you don't like the entire thing. Yeah. But I never had that. I like I don't know, 30%, 40%, something like this. Um, and I, you know, tried doing like bartending and being a chemist and a cook. And then I was a travel agent, which I did an apprenticeship in. And I liked, but not loved. Um, and then I went into the studies hoping, or then I went a year away, first of all, as an, as an au pair in America. And after that, I, I started studying where I met you. Um, and, and I thought, well, if I haven't quite figured it out yet, but luckily we chose a study that basically lets you try out the entire um, offer that a company has. So you can do marketing and bookkeeping and sales and all that. Um, so I thought, well, it's, it's a broad studies, but at least I get to try out everything and then I can decide. Um, and that's the, the hope I went um, or I took into the studies um, before. And then after the studies... It, I wasn't really more informed you know (laughs) I was I mean I got to know all that and there were exciting parts and there were not so exciting parts and I got to exclude some of it which is also good I guess Mm -hmm. but still I couldn't pinpoint that's it that's exactly it yeah yeah absolutely Um, which which annoyed me a lot and obviously the more you think about it the more you expect from your job and you know sometimes it also get into a gets into a sphere where a job can not fulfill what you're looking for but i i I was never able to say yeah that's exactly what i want to do um no matter how the team is or the companies or the context is but that's the actual work i want to do and and the the problem with that is if if you if you are in that situation where even after your studies you can't really pinpoint what you want to do and you also don't want to try out 10 different studies and you don't have the financial means um, then it's really um Exhausting to talk to other people who have found their calling because as much excited I am for these people awesome um, and, I, and I want that too but they either want what they do since they were seven you know and they were weirdly always talking about I don't know being a teacher yep. and they played being a teacher as a child and then they pursued that exactly like that and they're happy as hell remarkable and there are also the other people that you talk to, a second group, that accidentally stumbled upon it, mm-hmm. which also doesn't get you anywhere. Because what you want in that situation is, here are the six steps to find your passion, or mm-hmm. here are the three steps to find your purpose and your calling in your job. And then you do that, and then you have it, which obviously doesn't exist.
0: What I realized is the struggle of never really finding your passion. This hit me particularly hard because... For 10 years, my entire identity was grounded in me being a musician. Now, luckily, within the space of a very short amount of time, I found it. And that's where I think the secret lies. Because when I started this podcast a year ago, I was honest to God, clueless about what I wanted to do. And what happened was, as I went along, I started falling in love with the creation of solving a problem that so many people seem to have. On top, I started realizing the potential in what I was doing. I started getting feedback from others and realized that it was helping them. And I even got paid for the first time for chasing my passion. And then one day it just hit me. My new passion had developed out a collection of events where I was just trying to do a little bit better than the day before. And I think that my passion has now even gone beyond content creation. And it's rather just me holding myself to a higher standard than anybody else does each single day. So if you're struggling to find your passion, I would say stop looking. That might sound confusing, but in just focusing on the things you enjoy doing and doing them unapologetically and trying to get a little bit better each day, you may just end up finding your passion in the process. And that is a nice segue to talk about what's to come. It's honestly insane to me that already one year has passed. It's crazy. This year has literally been one of the wildest years of my life. Between graduating from university, monetizing my podcast and on top becoming a dad, it has been a year filled with extreme ups and equally hard lows. And if you've been listening to me ramble on over the course of this year, I want to say thank you so much. I have, however, realized that I'm no longer getting away with the joke that I don't know what I want to do with my life, because clearly I do. I've become extremely passionate about creating content, more specifically that helps people in their 20s build a life they love. And so in the motto of pushing myself a little bit better each day, I have decided to adjust the focus of this podcast ever so slightly, because now the podcast will be built on four pillars, And these four pillars are things which still make my 20s feel hella overwhelming, even if I know what I want to do with my life. They are health, wealth, well-being, and relationships. And what I intend to do over the course of this year is refocus my questioning within the podcast to talk to experts within any of those four pillars. And with that being said, if you enjoyed this video, once again, please consider smashing the subscribe button. And I want to thank you guys for listening to me. It's going to be a fucking great year. Let's go.